Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's I've been start. In Alright, alright, alright. It is June 10th as we record. Getting uh, getting stooked for NBA Finals, maybe. Uh, it's another uh, one of these games that starts really late. Um, it is. And yet, I'm sure I'm going to stay up and watch it because I just, I can't, I can't help but have this feeling that Kawhi Leonard is going to go all Super Saiyan and, and morph into the his final form and just bury the Golden State Warriors tonight. I think it's really sad that this, that maybe the best charactered person in the finals is Clay Thompson right now. Someone who I would say is mostly known as being kind of weird and like very silent. Like it's one thing to be weird or goofy, but he's very silent about it and drinks Coors Light just in the the locker room all the time. Um, he's grown on me a lot in the finals, but he's kind of boring. But when compared to Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant and then, you know, Steph Curry, who every 10 seconds is, is having his putt putt show as, as getting ads for that. Like, is it on Facebook watch? (laughs) No, you know what? It's actually on ABC. Uh, it's on ABC, so that's why they're showing it. And okay. it's one of those summertime ABC shows, which are I remember from my youth would just be these, at the time they seemed cool, but they're dreadfully bad TV shows that are just like sort of athletic, but they're just getting those eyes of people that are like, well, I have nothing else to do at 8 o'clock on a, on a summer eve. So, so, yeah. So speaking of things that uh, were, were maybe not so great during the summertime, um, it's uh, it, it's getting to be uh, it's getting to be summer reading time. It is getting to be summer reading time, which uh, so summer and reading are both very good words. But when I say summer reading, Max, you make a face, and I think I know why. Uh horrible memories. Horrible memories <laughs> of what? Of um, well, of reading in told- the summertime. No, being told to read in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I really like reading, and I find myself as an adult being like, "Ooh, you know, I'm right now. I'm reading a Good Omens, which is not a book I would normally read." But my mom was like, "I want to watch the TV show. I don't know how to stream this." So she's like, "Can you come over and stream it for me?" I was like, "Yeah," but I haven't read the book. And she's like, "Read the book. Here's the book." So <laughs> that was that was how that worked, and. You know, uh, I think that it's it's fun. It's it's fun to do something. I think in the the summer that maybe you normally wouldn't do. But what you have in mind, I think, to get to Max's point, is not being, you know, fourteen years old and being told that you have to read The Count of Monte Cristo over the summer, which oh, death, <laughs> like just <laughs> death. Yeah. I mean, so so Max obviously had had his own particular set of reasons for hating summer reading, which is that he was destined to be an engineer, and so mm-hmm. words give him the willies. Um, 
But I, I mean, I have similar, actually have similar memories of, you know, kind of detesting summer re- school summer reading. That's important uh, because, you know, it just, it was a lot of books I didn't want to read. I didn't want to read The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. Uh, I didn't, no. I didn't really, you know, I, I distinctly remember uh, going into my freshman year of high school in the summer of 2006, uh, kind of getting lost and not really wanting to finish The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I now feel like I maybe did a wrong thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I was a person who, you know, as a as a carrot, uh, as a, I think a, I think it's called a negative, positive punishment. Uh, something was taken away from me in order to get me to do a behavior. Uh, yeah. In order to get me to, like, do chores, I would have the book I was reading taken away and said, you know, be told you've got to, you know, you've got to finish making your bed and putting away your stuff and then you can read. Uh, yeah. But there there really is something about the stuffy summer reading canon that just made yeah. it so dismal. Well, like, it really it really felt like it wasn't in good faith. I mean, we <laughs> we listed off some 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 books. I mean, Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, there was one summer where I was supposed to read uh, Crime and Punishment. It's not just that they are that you're being told to read a book. It's a book that if you're going to get through it is a lot of times it was going to take you the entirety of the summer. Like what if all of a sudden I'm just going to, you know, my brain is going to turn off and stop working. There's not a there's not a good faith. But, you know, the irony there is I realize as we're talking about this, um, growing up, the the best books came out in the summer, namely the Harry Potter books came out in the summer. And this was, I remember seeing the delivery truck making the rounds on the day the book came out and be like, oh, hell yeah, it's about to get real. But if someone was like, just kidding, the delivery truck has, you know, Alexander Dumas in it, I would be like, well, no, there's no party that's about to happen. It's just grimness. So like, I don't think that 10 year olds necessarily understand the concept of good faith versus bad faith. But it definitely is is something of like, Hey, I thought I was supposed to be off of school for a while. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, having having your educators dictate to you what you read over the summer made it feel a little bit like, oh, maybe am I not actually on a break? And that's dumb because yes, we were. We undeniably were because we weren't spending 8 hours a day in a school. But, you know, I I also have very fond memories of reading books over the summer. You know, my my local public library would sponsor like a summer reading challenge yeah. for for kids, and you'd get you know you'd get like a blank sheet, and there wasn't a list, um, mm-hmm. but you'd you know you'd fill in like if you checked a book out from the library, like those were the things that counted. You'd check it out, and you'd finish it, and you'd like bring it back, and the librarian would like stamp your card, and if you got to I don't remember what. There was, you know, there were prizes of some kind, but like if you read 15 books in the summer, which is, it's not hard because we had a lot of flipping time on our hands, um, you know, you'd, you'd get a, you'd get a prize. Uh, Yeah. And it's, 
It's very different when it's something that you you want to read as yeah. opposed to something that you are. I mean, again, it's you're told you're told to read it, and I think it's easier to to finish. And no one's give making you put together a book report if you are going to go get that stamp. But chances are you check something out that you wanted to check out. So why wouldn't you finish it? Um, you know, Max, did you did you do maybe you turned, you know, you tuned out completely and didn't read over the summer hard, hardly anything. It was just game time. Um, was that maybe your your jam? Yeah, I think that was more my speed. I am curious because you're talking about like, oh, books that you wanted to read. Like, I don't I don't necessarily remember having a list of books I wanted to read. I'm curious where you guys came up with that list. Because for me, I think the summer reading list was the only books I I had to read. There weren't other... I mean, there might have been movies and games I wanted to watch and play, but I, I didn't have, like, a list of books I was hoping to read when I was in fifth grade. So, not exactly like that, but I, I mean, I remember, like, going to the library and browsing around to find something that looked cool. I was big into, you know, the... Uh, the author Matt Christopher, the series of sort of sports themed short novels for kids. Like I oh, probably yeah, read all of those. I burned through about eleven trillion Hardy Boys books. Uh, I I know that I, there was a there was you know definitely a lot of for me there was a lot of Roald Dahl and then eventually there was some John Feinstein. Uh, so really just just hitting all the 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 highs. Um, uh, though, though I don't remember when I read Season on the Brink, but I was it probably wasn't very appropriate at the time. <laughs> probably um, not. I just bought I bought a copy at the last uh, Gordon Avenue Library book sale in Charlottesville, and I'm not sure it's appropriate for me now. No, it's it, but uh, yeah, I, there is there's stuff that you just you weren't going to read in in school, and I think for. Uh, Sean and I, a lot of it was probably sports related books. Like you, if you're like, I want to do a book report on, on this. So like, no, you cannot do a book report <laughs> on that. Um, you know, go read, go read some fiction that's 200 years old or something. So I, I think you definitely accumulated that. And, and for me, I think that in my household reading was, was a big deal. Um, and so it was like, oh, you should, you should consider reading this or that or, or, or whatever. I mean, goodness knows Harry Potter didn't take that long to read. Um, so yeah, I think that there's definitely a kind of a, a positive. There should be, there should be a, a carrot as opposed to a stick and really not even just a stick, but like a telephone pole that someone is banging against your head in the form of, you know, a, a Russian novelist. Um, <laughs> The library is good. I also remember, I mean, that's, that's an, the nice thing about the library too is you can say public school is this as well, but you're interacting with another like public institution that is, you know, free in the sense that taxpayers pay for it. And that's, that's really, that's really great. I remember going to John Marshall library as a very young person and, and, uh, really enjoying that experience and getting to walk over there. And that's, that's what I, did in the summer another place that did it uh was um i don't know if they did it all year i think it was just summer but pizza hut had a program where you would read books and if you read enough books you would get like a free pizza that's that's great now you would get like i think like a free kale salad or something um, with the purchase of pizza yeah with the purchase of pizza <laughs> they're like actually we don't even have salads so um but yeah i, I mean that's i 
there were definitely instances where I had a choice of what I could read for school, but they weren't good choices because they were still in that you're going to have to stick with this the whole summer or yeah. you're not going to do it. And it's uh, I, uh, I saw a mention of a, I don't I don't go on Reddit, but I saw a talk of it today. But uh, things you should do, you know, the actual order you should do things in. And the ideal is to do the summer reading at the beginning of the summer. But again, you get in the issue of when you're expected to have some kind of output with it by the end, you can't just do it at the beginning because then you will forget it because you're like, I have to scrub my mind of that terrible experience. So again, I think part of it is, is this, this singular focus is not as good as kind of a diversity of perspective and, and experiences over the course of a summer, especially for, for a young mind. I, I feel like that, that, that maybe is the biggest problem I have is it's, it really boxes you in. And I think you should be coming back from the summer. And if you were adult and didn't do anything, that's bad, but it shouldn't, it's not bad to not want to read Count of Monte Cristo, for instance. Yeah. Another, so another thing that I have a memory of as far as like, seeding my own personal summer reading list was you know uh, i don't know if you guys remember uh, having like book fairs where you'd get to buy books and and it was like kind of non non schooly type books and so i i definitely remember you know getting my parents to buy books for me at the book fair and some of those would wind up being like oh this is what i can read when i don't have to read books for school or do homework um is there a version of this now like you know we're we're all existing in a world where we don't really have like a summer break you know we don't kind of have defined time off like that um but you know I, i think of like the beach read but that's only really a useful thing if you're going to the beach so like what what do we do now I mean, I, what I do is I just accumulate books all the time and never read any of them, and they look nice in my apartment. But well, I, I think there's something there, but it's it's less about summer. But it, I mean, summer exists, I think, for a lot of adults in the sense that they they have kids, and so everybody kind of slows down. They spend more time with them, or they're maybe I never did this, but. It occurs to me more and more that sending your kids to camp becomes your summer as an adult because then you don't have small people at your house that you have to oversee. It sounds great, honestly, <laughs> but um, uh, for for a variety of reasons. But uh, I, I think that I think that maybe there is an issue there is, is we're not giving ourselves enough of a break. And what summer is is it's a chance to reset um, for a good length of time. I mean, there's a reason Europe you know, takes off a whole month, like collectively, like we can't, gotta, gotta take a break. We don't have air conditioning. We can't, we can't be inside offices. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, and British people go outside and they're just destined to get kind of a, a, a puffy red because there's a little bit of sunlight occasionally. Um, so how, how do we do it now? Honestly, it's, I, I've kind of, there was a list that I spoke to both of you about that's uh, like the 50 best music documentaries. And so I've been rushing through that a little bit. That's like my break. Like this is something I enjoy, but is also kind of a maybe a guilty pleasure to an extent. Um, and I want to indulge it. I, I think that 
any time that we kind of indulge in something, it's not those winter time things where they're, you know, come January, February, you want to catch up on all of last year's best new books or whatever, best new TV shows. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's nice outside. I think you want something that is light and you can commit to it, mm-hmm. but you're not cutting yourself off from kind of the, the fruits of summer. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I also, I'm, I'm realizing that I did a version, you know, I did a version of summer reading last year where I knew that I had time at Thanksgiving and Christmas where I was going home and I was taking, you know, a reasonably significant amount of time off of work. And I really looked forward to that time knowing that I wasn't going to be dashing around trying to get shit done during the day. And I read a lot. Um, I like I went out of my way to read during that time. I reread I read I reread two Harry Potter books between like November 20th and the end of the year uh, in addition to probably two or three other books uh, and, and having that time, you know, having you know, having flights uh, and then having time where I was just kind of sitting at home during the day, you know, on my parents couch like. I used that as an opportunity to burn through some stuff that I had been, you know, I had been looking to read. Yeah. I mean, Max, earlier you did, you did mention games, which in some ways doesn't feel like you could, you could be self-deprecating and dismiss it as not being the same as book, but at the same time, it is a, it is a journey and it is a break that you can take. Um, and, and I think it is, it can be affecting and transformative in a way. I don't think it's worth you. I wouldn't sell that short. I'm just, and it's something that I haven't really experienced as much, but I think that there's something there. You uh, need the maybe. break. You need the indulgence. Yeah, but you, you don't want to be staring at a video game screen when it's sunny and nice out. You should be outside playing with friends or reading a book, I suppose. Can't, can't read a book with friends, man. <laughs> I mean, you can, but it's... Well, maybe that's the answer to your question. I mean, maybe you need to join some kind of book club or something. Yeah. In the summer. With a list. Yeah. I mean, Sponsored by a local school. Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, Well, you almost almost had had me there, which is that one thing that these, these, uh, you know, this defined reading, summer reading, that are these mammoth books especially, is that... That's time taken away from, you know, school is you're not learning by yourself. Um, there is there is a built in community, whether you get along with all of them or not. But it is there are shared experiences in your learning. And that is maybe one drawback of of you know trying to keep your mind. Well, that's one of many drawbacks of trying to keep your mind active by saying okay, go read this book. You're going to do it by yourself and it's going to take you a long time, maybe the whole summer. It's not, there's no way to like check in with other human beings on it. And that seems like a bummer. Yeah, I guess that makes some sense. Although you, you certainly could, I, I recall, I, I mean, I recall frantic end of the summer, like study groups with, you know, with classmates to be like, have we read this book? What are we going to do? Well, let's, I, let's maybe read a chapter and come back and talk about it, or or the devious plan of you read chapter one, you read chapter two, you read chapters three and four, and we'll all kind of make our little cliff notes. It's a really terrible plan because books, you know, tend to build on themselves. 
uh, from beginning to end. So the person who is this, you know, presumably the person who makes the guide for the last chapter was like the per- one person who actually read the book throughout the summer, unless they're off self self righteously saying, "Hey, I did my work. You didn't do yours." Yeah, but it's just <laughs> it's so it is so especially for I think for kids it's so important to have an experience of choosing something for yourself and engaging with it because if you you know if you have some say if you have some you know hand in dictating what you take in i have to imagine that 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 has a positive effect on you you know learning from it or enjoying it and that starting to reinforce a pattern of positive behavior i.e reading more so there's like it's a really good thing to you know to empower people to yeah. make some choices for themselves so yeah. so maybe it it would be really good for schools to you know to open it up a little more and say hey i know i know that the reason we're doing this is you know because we feel like it prepares you for an english class but we want you to prepare yourself for your life as a human being and so go find something that you're going to enjoy yeah, and I think that's ultimately that's that's maybe what I'm thinking about is, uh, you know, kids kids should come to school and and be as excited as possible about it, and that's that's the type of empowerment. Empowerment is the the right word. Yeah, and if you're making them feel like they're punished, like that's it's hard enough for kids to go to school and they have to be there at like seven a.m. or whatever the hell. And to to add another layer of punishment to it is just not not right. Um, you know, kids, teenagers, and you know, puberty is hard. Middle school is dreadful. High school is also mostly dreadful. A lot of things are changing. The least you can do is come back from summer and be like, "Wow, I read some read some cool stuff, and no one had to make me read any Russian literature, and it was lovely." Um, so, yeah. what do I know? I have I have no children. I am not an educator, but I appreciate good educators. I appreciate bad educators because they're out there trying and it's just, you know, it's probably not their fault. I don't know. I feel like sometimes it might be their fault. Yeah, sometimes it's their fault. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, reading, reading is a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, we, we joke a lot about, oh, we're pro reading. Genuinely, you know, finishing, you know, starting a book and getting lost in it and fin- like it's a joyful occasion. And, and so, you know, putting constraints on it that take away from that joy, it sucks. We did, we did a whole, we did a whole podcast on bookshelves. The thing about books is you read them and then you've read them and then you have basically a trophy case, but it's more than that because it's something you can share with people. I can't pull a, a, you know, 16 point buck off the wall and be like, Hey, here, you want to have, spend some time with this? No, but I can send someone a book. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a magical thing that shouldn't be undersold. Yep. Agreed. Uh, all right. If you've got thoughts on summer reading, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod and let us know what you think. OK, so we will move on now as we do to Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Well, I, I start this week where really anything, really everything starts which uh, you two are, are familiar with um, sexual reproduction, correct? 
What's up? <laughs> I, I'm going to assume I, you are. Yes. All right. Sure. So, so generally, I'm leaving that pause in 100. For for so generally for things to come to fruition, a a a male and female have to to meet. This is very important. Um, and you know if that doesn't happen, then you don't have reproduction. That's how that works. So this, you know, this is where many things begin. This is where you know posterity begins. I have started growing plants as as I know I've discussed with you all. Um, and one thing that I was unclear of is I have these this jalapeno plant and I kept having flowers. I thought, oh great, they're going to be you know they're going to be pepper soon, you know, f- fruit in pepper form. Um, and I was excited, but the flowers kept falling off and there weren't any peppers. And I was very concerned about this because my tomatoes are starting to flower and I want to see actual fruit because tomatoes are apparently fruits. And I'm afraid that's not going to happen. So I did a Google search. And so this week I'm here to apologize to my plants because what I learned is for them to execute this, this sexual reproduction process, I had to shake the plants. So I'm sorry for not masturbating my plants. You need bees. All right, you've officially <laughs> All the bees are dying. You've run out of apologies now. I what? No, that's a that's a real one. That is something that that there is enjoyment that could have been had. These these plants are working hard. They're growing, they're growing well, and there is a goal to reproduce and I was limiting their ability to do it. Because they're not out in the wild where they should be, and I'm not giving them the care out of ignorance. Enjoyment. So I'm apologizing for my ignorance. Enjoyment could have been had as an interesting choice of words, given how you framed this entire conversation. My well, God. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, plants. Oh. I have, I have hopes for you. Today on Sean is Sorry, we apologize to all of our listeners for that. Uh, but but seriously, uh, we we will move on and close the show with a big idea from pop culture, um, and unfortunately, from time to time, these are are sad, uh, and you know it, it's it's been a tough uh, it's been a tough couple weeks uh, because a lot of well loved musicians have died recently. Uh, you know, I was never. I don't think I've ever listened to any music that Rocky Erickson did uh, either on his own or with kind of, I guess what is his most famous group, 13th floor elevators. But, you know, he certainly, if what I saw on ye old tweet machine was any indication, he was truly a, a widely beloved artist, especially for, you know, people who kind of wanted something, outside of the traditional box. Um, but but two more people uh, died in the last week. Um, one was uh, Bushwick Bill, who passed today, I believe. And he mm-hmm. was uh, a, a member of the Houston rap group Ghetto Boys. And I just, you know, I think of uh, Mind Playing Tricks on You, which, which we're going to use uh, as our out music today. It's just, it's one of the most iconic rap tracks ever. You know, it's got, it's got a compelling story. It's got an awesome musical bedrock to it. And it's just, it's three good rappers 
rapping really well. Um, and the other is uh, Dr. John. Mac Rabinac was a native New Orleanian like myself, um, but he had one of those lives that really seems like it has to have been made up. Uh, and, you know, along the way, he he adopted this persona, Dr. John the Night Tripper, who, who became Dr. John. Uh, and really... Just he lived an incredible life, and he made he made some music that was unbelievable. So the the music we used at the beginning of the show was uh, probably his most famous song, "Right Place, Wrong Time," uh, which I learned uh, I actually learned reading his obituary in the New Orleans Advocate. Uh, the backing band was the Meters, you know, in the conversation for like the tightest band ever. Uh, so, you know, and, you know, I, I'm the WTJU is doing this pledge drive this week for the end of the fiscal year. And we, we had to come up with uh, with show ideas. And Pierce, you mentioned music documentaries and, and mm-hmm. kind of one of the subsets of that is concert films. And the show that I'm putting together is all music from, you know, the iconic concert films. And I didn't realize Dr. John was part of The Last Waltz by the band. Which is yes, I, one yes, of is. probably one of like the two most iconic concert movies ever, along with your personal favorite, Stop Making Sense. That one's, yeah, that Stop Making Sense. I, as someone who should not dance and has written on our website about not dancing, will get up and dance while watching that movie. <laughs> but Monty Jones went and saw it a couple years ago, I think in Miami and talked about people getting up and dancing in the theater as if this was going on live in front of them. Yeah. There's, there, there are a few things better than concert documentaries. And and I saw that, I think I'll be in Boston, but I'll make sure, you know, Max and and Robert are awake and (laughs) we'll listen to it or something. In the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is the, the three people you mentioned and, you know, Rocky Erickson, there is a documentary about kind of his, a, a point in his life. I think it's called, you're going to miss me. Um, and, uh, you know, he was very much in his own lane and, and someone who was on a different plane than others. And, uh, same thing with Dr. John, obviously a, a strange life. And, Bushwick Bill maybe outdid them all as as a man who very famously the one of their album covers is him in the hospital having just shot out his eye um and and he was like you're going to take a picture of this also he talks about how he died for 2 hours and 45 minutes and woke up in in like the where the the cold storage for bodies i mean just uh you know these incredible people and they made amazing music and uh just uh, musicians are are wild people and it's a lot of fun to enjoy their work yeah um so you know i I know i know we've talked before about the phenomenon of of going back and, and listening to people's music posthumously as though you were a big fan when they were alive and you know i i just i don't think it matters if you if you get the chance to listen to some Dr. John or some ghetto boys this week. Just do it. Do it. You dummy. It'll be good for you. Uh, and, and, you know, think about, you know, 
maybe there's an opportunity where you can learn something from Mac Rebenack and wild up your life a little bit, you know, might be fun. I approve of this fun. All right. Uh, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. Got a new piece up uh, coming by you, Pierce, this week. Uh, oh. You you sent me something, and I have been delinquent in uh, in editing it and posting it, but it's going to happen, um, doing that cool. thing where I, I say something on the podcast in an attempt to hold myself to it. Um <laughs> It's about rocks. That's that's right. It is. Uh, uh, you can subscribe to our feed on your device uh, podcast app of choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, which I guess is what we have to say now because iTunes is going away. We might talk about that another time. Uh, but uh, Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. Um so if you do that, please do us a favor, leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or if you have a friend who you think might like what we're doing, tell them about the show so we can share it with them too. We will be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Back. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick-or-treating. Robbing little kids for bags. Till an old man got behind our ass So we speeded up the pace Took a look back And he was right before our face He'd be in for a squad with no doubt So I swung and hit the nigga in his mouth He was going down, we figured But this wasn't no ordinary nigga He stood about six or seven feet Now that's the nigga I be seeing in my sleep So we triple teamed on him Dropping them motherfucking bees on him the more I swung, the more blood flew. Then he disappeared, and my boys disappeared too. Then I felt just like a fiend. It wasn't even close to Halloween. It was dark as fuck on the streets. My hands were all bloody from punching on the concrete. God damn, homie. My mind is playing tricks on me. 